0: You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with the Reverend Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening, that they might be blessed by what is said. Help each listener to know and understand how much you love them, and that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to save them, and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives. Amen. Today we have back with us Adrian Evans of AF Ministries, and we're going to be talking about protecting the work of God. Well, hey
0: everybody. Um, It's just great again to be here. Uh, I just have two small sessions that I wanted to share from my heart. This word was uh, really downloaded to me as I moved to minister in a church in Australia um, that is having a phenomenal move of God. Uh, Just the river of God is just flowing and people are being touched and healed and saved and there's there's law there's order there. It's just a, a different work than what I've ever seen, and and uh, God really took me to this place of protecting the work of God as a ramer for them and for people. It's like we we say uh, you know we cannot do what only God can do. We cannot manipulate control it, and that's that's true. But we do have responsibilities. Uh, People caught up in a move of God have responsibilities. People in a vision of God have responsibilities. And our responsibility is not to manipulate and have God just do what we want. But I want to talk a little bit about our responsibilities as people that protect the, the very thing that God is birthing and building and pouring into. We don't just get to sit on the sidelines and wait for God to do what he does. Uh, our life comes with divine responsibilities that will work with God when he pours out his spirit or when God is just building our life every day and God is building our family. We can put this in any arena of our life. The, in, uh, I said before in an earlier program some weeks ago, these these scriptures in one Peter five eight, be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Job one seven says, Where have you come from? the Lord said to Satan, From roaming the earth, he replied, from walking backwards and forth in it. So here Satan himself is considered and likened to a roaring lion, which we said weeks ago there actually is a lion called a roaring lion. But my point is that there are two voices looking for our attention. One of them is the devil walking around the earth, walking over the earth, and he is seeking whom he may devour. He can't get everybody, but he's looking for little niches just to jump in there and devour lives, families, um, moves of God, works of God, businesses. He's looking for little places to come in. And on the other hand, we see in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. See, both voices want our attention, and both one voice will bring destruction, one will build. Both voices have a purpose. one for good and one for destruction. One unifies and one divides. And that's where I want to land today. At the world and sadly, too, this was, you know, it's, it's like our greatest time, to shine now and God is looking for a voice of faith. God is looking for a voice, a unified voice, a unified force. When Jesus comes back, Jesus is going to be looking for faith. The Bible says when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus doesn't care about our difference of opinions. He cares about faith and trust in him to do what he promises to do and wants to do and does on the earth. These voices, one will unify and one divides. When we look at Psalm 133, one of the most quoted quoted verses Regarding uh, unity, Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending from the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. This, this, is a, this is one of the most powerful instructional verses that I believe God has given us. Here, when we read this, when we understand the power of the unity that he talks about here, it's not like, well, if you agree, I'll bless you. This, this blessing, this promise is like this force of blessing. This is what God does when he sees unity. This is how God responds and reacts to unity. This is how God moves. He said, I see a unified force. He said, I am going to release a river of blessing that you couldn't stop it if you wanted to. Now, God does his part and God calls on us to be that unified force in John chapter 17 and verse 20, it says, I do not pray. Jesus is praying for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Listeners, that's you and that's me. And the glory which you have given me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Now, Jesus set the bar for unity very high. He said, I want the believers to be one, the same as the Godhead. That's a huge reach. In the world that we know today, in the world we see, in the world of faith, I mean, I don't even think we've got up to our ankles as far as reaching the bar that Jesus wants and desires. He said, I want the believers to be a unified force, just like we are, Father God. And I'm thinking that's the only sort of unity that Jesus can bring because we do not have it in our human nature to be that godly, divine, unified force. That's why we need Jesus front and centre in every relationship, in every workplace, in every family, in every business, because without Jesus, we cannot attain to the unity that he calls for. It says that the world is going to know the church by its love for one another, their oneness, their oneness. Only the church can have the unity that runs so deep where Christ is the author, example, and enabler. This is one of our highest calls, I believe, that same oneness, that same unified force as the Godhead. Time and time again in the Bible, we see how unity weakens and disunity... How un- I apologise... ..how unity strengthens and disunity can weaken a vision... When, when we look back, when Moses went into the promised land or they attempted to, he sent the 12 spies. 12 people went in. They all saw the same things. But 10 came out with such negativity, came against the other two. They went in as a unified force. We are going to take the land and came out divided. It didn't just destroy their future. It spilled out and hundreds of thousands of people walked away from the future that God had planned for them. The biggest church split in the history of the church, we call it. But they went in as a unified force. Together, we can do this. Let's go and have a look at this land. And because of negativity, because some saw it differently, they came out in disunity and that disunity in the leadership was the breakdown of that whole vision of God. That is why that thing was set on hold. Jericho was set on hold for 40 years till God could raise up a force that would go in together as one force. The biggest, some of the greatest people that the apostles even Luke in 946 even the disciples wanted to know who was going to be the greatest you know we've there's this competition in us there's this these insecurities in us that rise up at times and even uh, in in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and we can read verses 6 to 9 when David came back from slaying Goliath David came back and Uh, Everybody loved David, Uh, everybody was happy, Saul was happy until the maidens started to sing, Saul has slayed his thousands, David slew his ten thousands and from that moment on the, the Bible tells us that Saul kept a jealous eye on David. This was the downfall, the beginning of the downfall of Saul. Saul, a man who feared man more than God. Saul, a man pleaser. Saul, so deep with insecurities. Yes, yeah, sure, the anointing made him look good, but Saul had what we, uh, you know, didn't have. What we talked about in two two weeks ago in personal growth. Saul still had all these insecurities and jealousies on the inside of him, and he would pay a high price for these insecurities. He kept a jealous eye on David. It said from that moment on he spied on David. He looked for reasons to destroy David. He was so jealous because David got more recognition than he did. And how often do we see in in the world of business, of church life, when we see um, leaders, insecure leaders, feel threatened by people under them or some of their students who are starting to do better than them and we feel like all of a sudden this leader who's insecure starts to malign and go after these people who are just doing better than they are. Instead of coming into agreement, instead of being a unified force, we could have had at the leadership of this nation, we could have had the promise where God says one can put 10,000 to flight, 2 No, one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. We could have had such a unified force at the head of this nation, two warriors, the king and David, a great warrior, rising star in Israel. And they could have had a force to be reckoned with. But instead, the disunity came and the leadership of the nation weakened unified unity brings strength a unified force will add victory upon victory upon victory and here we look at the soldiers now these soldiers were camped in the in the valley watching Goliath come out for 40 days Goliath would walk out and say give me a man give me a man and and the terror of all these soldiers because this giant of a man stood there looking for someone who could defeat him and all these soldiers they knew they couldn't they they just hid but when they saw david when they saw david defeat goliath they didn't say well who do you think you are you know you did you could do what we couldn't we've been hiding from this guy and And, you know, they had, there was no pride. There was, all there was, was this scent of victory. And they were so inspired by David's victory that they decided, man, we're going to hunt the rest of the Philistines down. And so when David slew Goliath, it said the soldiers rose up in the oneness as a unified force for victory for their nation. They ran headlong and defeated the rest of the Philistines. You see, a victory in the body is a victory for the body. This this is the oneness that Jesus talks about here. This oneness that, that, that came from David's victory, that unified strength and unified the armies and unified and fortified the desire to win and wipe out the enemy. It inspired them to grow stronger. It inspired them to rise up. You see... Unity brings power, brings victory. Every single time the soldiers went out and they just took down the rest of the Philistines. I I love what somebody said. uh, There is no limit to what can be accomplished if nobody cared who got the credit. Isn't isn't that that just a cool thought? Because, you know, uh, so often we just... And it's not because we're evil or bad. It's just a little part of humanity, a human nature. This, listen to it again. It's so cool. There's no limit to what can be accomplished if nobody cared who got the credit. Can you imagine the force that the church would be if we could just gather around that thought? That whoever prayed, whoever did their job best. A victory in the body is a victory for the body. We can gather, <clears throat> excuse me, around other people's victories. We can gather around other people's strengths and not be and and, and not be be uh, proud or put off or we we can be encouraged by their strengths. See, Saul set a, a, a terrible precedent for his downfall then by getting jealous about David. It was his own shortfalls that had nothing to do with David. It was how Saul saw David's victory. And Saul saw it as a comparison, not as a victory for the nation. When we lift each other up, when we encourage each other, when we love and we forgive each other, when we hold each other accountable to grow when we protect the vision by protecting the, watching over people's gossips and, and jealousies and envies and walk up to the souls and say, hey, look at this, look, come on, look, see this differently. You know, when, when we come together, you know, I, I just love the, the example, like we all say we're soldiers, we're, we're soldiers of God, we're the God's warriors. Well, so are Saul. And he got offended by someone else doing a better job than him. When when I watch shows and I see Marines and Special Forces, they're like the upscale soldiers. They're the next level up. They have trained. And they have trained. They are so strong and so powerful. But you never see them discussing uh, social issues on the front line. You never see them saying... Well, I don't like the way you live. You never see them saying you shouldn't... Well, maybe you shouldn't just uh, think like that. You never see them... They are on that front line for one purpose, and that is their mission. That's their mandate. And they don't fight against each other because they're different. Their mission, their mandate unifies them and they leave no one behind, no man behind. I watch that, and I watch them in action, and I think, God, they could only be special forces because of that. That makes them stand out. It makes them to be the standalone teams when you need something done. We need a whole church like that. We need people to embrace the mandate and the mission. We embrace our mission to pursue peace at all costs. We embrace this mission that if I don't forgive and I don't love, this mission is going to be separated and weakened. We embrace this mission that we are all here. For the power, the sake, the mandate of Jesus Christ. We are here to reconcile the world to him and to each other. This is the mission. This is the unified force that will bring phenomenal victory. And when we see the weakness that disunity causes with Saul over a nation with going into the promised land, when we see visions of God weakened or destroyed or put off for 40 years, we can learn by this, we can understand the power of a unified force is greater than what my flesh screams out that it wants, is greater than my flesh's needs. But when I come into line with what Jesus wants then you know what, I'm going to stand with my brothers and my sisters regardless of whether they disagree with me or not on other areas in life. So with that today, um, I'm going to leave this just a little bit earlier um, because I want to do, uh, go into uh, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, for the next one when we're talking about unified forces And the the things that will distract and disarm the body, Uh, so often we compare ourselves and we compete and, and, and we must value who we are in the body. Whether we're a seen part or an unseen part, we must value each other's part. Otherwise, again, we weaken the unified front of the body of Christ.
1: So God bless you. I'll see you again soon. Thank you. Dear listeners, Thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you. We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way.
0: To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.